Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show hosted by me, Christy Dimitrakis, the Empowered Speaker. I'm the president and founder of the Empowered Speaker, a faith-based global ministry that teaches people the power of dreams and the importance of faith in conquering the fears that limit us. I'm also the author of Faith to Conquer Fear, Inspiration to Achieve Your Dreams. You can find out more about me, my services, and my book at www.empoweredspeaker.com. And for those of you who may be listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show for the first time, welcome, but here's what you can expect. This show will bring you up close with guests who will motivate you, inspire you, and give you tools to activate your goals and dreams, whether those dreams are entrepreneurial, corporate, or personal. And today I have a special guest to help me do just that, and it is Sue Geyer of Thrive for Success. Now let me tell you a little bit about Sue before I let her introduce herself a bit more. Sue has spent over 20 years working in marketing and sales, helping individuals and organizations create programs that work. She understands the value of time and the exact steps you need to take when creating and growing a business so you create a business you are in control of and not a business that runs you. It is her mission to help small business owners grow their business to a place where they feel like they are thriving financially while also thriving emotionally. Her clients have time to spend on their physical well-being as well as time to spend with their family and friends. Wow, that sounds like a perfect world. While an executive for a large healthcare company, she managed over 75 staff members, creating programs which provided stellar service while making the best use of each of the person's talents and time. She has taken that knowledge and experience and for the past decade has done the same for her personal clients, from personal trainers to lawyers, to coaches and consultants. And most recently, she has helped business leaders communicate more effectively by teaching at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Sue Geyer is the founder and CEO of Thrive for Success Coaching and Consulting. She is an award-winning author and an international speaker. Sue, that was a mouthful, but a good... (laughs) I know, I'm like, wow. Well, I feel old in some ways. I love it. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the Faith of Carcafeer Radio Show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I I can't wait to connect with you and your listeners and just share some fun stuff today. Well, awesome. I tell you, well, one of my, my well, you know, before we get into the questions, because I'm feeling like we're just going to, this is going to be a great session, but tell us something about you that's not in your bio. Uh, okay, so uh, I talk a lot about thriving, and I call myself a self-proclaimed thrivologist because I have been mm. studying thriving for way over a decade. But one of the things that I do personally, and those who know me within my what I like to call the thrivosphere, uh, know that I get up at 4 a.m. That's Eastern time every day, and uh, I do that for several reasons. One because everyone goes, oh, that's really early. I go straight to my hot tub. I'm a hot tub Mm. girl, and it's outside under the stars, and I spend that moment, and it's almost always 20 minutes. I don't time it. It's almost always 20 minutes 
of just being with me and being very conscious and intentional and setting out how I want to experience my day. And it just has been something I do every single day. Unless it's pouring rain or we're having a hurricane, I'm out there uh, around 4 a.m., 24, you know, seven days a week. And wow. Yeah, and so that's one of my things that I do to get myself ready for every day. Mm-hmm. And I have to ask you, what time do you go to bed if you get up at 4? <laughs> No, 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 no. And it, it's kind of funny because I guess this is another, you know, share about me. We have this joke. I don't always go to bed at night, but we had to have a, a unwritten rule. Well, it's not even unwritten. It's a spoken rule. After mm-hmm. 9 o'clock p.m., I am not responsible for anything, any thought processes. <laughs> so <laughs> when I'm reading to my, yes, when I, last night I was reading to my daughter uh, before bed. That's, you know, things we still do. Uh, each mm-hmm. night I have three children. Uh, my daughter's my youngest. She's nine. And as I started reading the same sentence over and over again, she said, that's okay, Mommy. <laughs> Some people can't read when they're tired. <laughs> and you would be one of them. <laughs> I was good for the first chapter. The second chapter did me in. And she says, I think it's time for you to go to bed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is so funny. Well, I am so impressed. You know, more and more I'm hearing as I, you know, listen to webinars and, and some of the people that are my uh, informal mentors that I listen to on YouTube and some other areas, I'm learning, hearing more and more people talk about uh, how important it is for them to be up really, really early. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just, I tend to not be a morning person. I'm not grumpy in the morning, but I'm most effective in the afternoon and at night when everybody else is shutting down. That's when I get my second win. Um, so and that's my I, husband. I so it's kind of funny. We are like opposite schedules, my husband and I. Yeah. 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 My husband is the same. He's not. Well, I don't know if he. he well, I don't know what he is. Actually, he's not a morning <laughs> person. He can't hang at night. So I don't. <laughs> he he's a, he's a midday solid person, right? Maybe he is. He's an eight to five. Or so he's a teacher. So I'll call him. He's a seven thirty to you know the three fifteen person. That's his most effective time. There you go. But anyway, well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, it's good to get to know you um, a little bit better. And uh, we would have never known that at 4 a.m. because I'm certainly not up, and I'm not going to be emailing you at 4 a.m. <laughs> I tell my students that. Don't don't expect anything from me at midnight, but 4 a.m., yes, that's the true time. And oh, my it, just really, you know, it started, I have to tell like you, Chrissy, you. it really started because when I started my business, my oldest son was two months old. And so mm-hmm. 4 a.m., I had a lot of European clients, so 4 a.m. was perfect. And... Mm-hmm. I could get up, do a little bit of work, and still it works perfectly with my kids' schedule. I get up, now I have a, like two hours of time to myself, and then they're up getting them ready for school and everything else. So it's just a schedule that I've maintained probably for close to 15 years now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it obviously works for you, so that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, we're going to jump right in. Yeah. Um, and so you mentioned, you, I mentioned in your bio about thriving, you know, mm-hmm. you're helping your clients to thrive personally and financially. You, you're a self-proclaimed thriveologist. I love it. I need to think of a cool word for myself. Uh, <laughs> you're a self-proclaimed thriveologist. What does thriving mean? That's a term we just kind of use, almost like love. You know, you just use the term so loosely, but you really don't think about it and what it really means. What does thriving really mean? And let's set the groundwork before we even get started. Absolutely, and so many people have started to use the buzzword thrive and thriving without truly knowing what it means. And I host a weekly call called The Thriving Revolution where I give this definition every single week. 
And thriving is moving forward despite of or because of circumstance and or obstacle. So it's that feeling of moving forward, continuously moving forward, not being stuck. And I've added to that definition over the years that that means that you don't have to be perfect. Thank goodness, hallelujah. You have the opportunity to take risks because risks help you move forward. You can have do-overs. Gosh, I didn't get it right the first time. Oh, well, I'm still moving forward. I'm still in that place of thriving. And so by pulling that all together, that's a space. And everything that I do and all of my programs have that aspect of it. And when I think of the work that I do, you know, we talk about brand promise, what I know I can promise without a shadow of a doubt, every single person that I work with, is that no matter what, I can help move them forward at least one step. Sometimes it's a baby step. Oftentimes it's a quantum leap to whatever the next space is towards reaching their dreams. Mm. Mm. Wow. Well, we, we said we were going to talk about, you know, how you create a thriving mindset. Yes. And I, I imagine that as a, as a coach, you know, business coach, personal coach, I mean, that kind of turns into all of that. We talk about thriving, life coach, mm-hmm. all those things. Um, but as you're working with people, a lot of what goes into thriving is your mindset. Absolutely. And for me, it starts out by being consciously aware. And sometimes being consciously aware causes a little bit of smarting because sometimes when you're consciously aware of your actions or of what your mind's saying or what your beliefs are, you might want to go, huh, I, didn't, I wasn't aware that my thinking was causing me to act in a certain way or that my beliefs were shaping my goals or my dreams. So I'm very big on being conscious. So mm-hmm. by noticing, what are you thinking about a topic? Are you creating, are you setting yourself up that you are blaming everybody else in your life for your circumstance? Are you viewing yourself as fully whole and in this place that you can look for your dreams? Or is something else going on that's stopping you and causing you to be stuck or to play small? To not mm-hmm. stretch That's outside that one. comfort zone. Yeah, playing small. And we don't always one. realize yeah. that we play small. You're right. You're right. And and I think that's uh, even more so for women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. We make small dreams. So, okay, yeah. yay, I can succeed there. And then we, or we, I, this is, this is something that, I won't say drives me crazy, but sort of does. Uh, when people use the word, I'm just a. I'm just mm-hmm. a mom, I'm just a blah, blah, <laughs> fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I'm doing a little speech or a little program or a little, you know, I'm get, doing a little get-together. You know, the, those mm-hmm. words that make us play small and sometimes feel small when we're not even realizing that we're doing it to ourselves. Right, right. Wow. So it's the mindset, but then you said something very powerful. It's what you say. 
Yes. All this is biblical, right? I mean, <laughs> this is all biblical. Everything you're saying is biblical. Yeah. It starts with what you say. It starts with what you say because your words are a reflection of what you're feeling in your heart and you're thinking in your mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our words and my background, as you said, is in as a speech pathologist, so a communication expert. I hate to tell you how many. That's like over 25 years of communication. <laughs> we uh, won't add it all up. <laughs> we won't add it all up. <laughs> you know, and. So I am acutely aware, one of the things I love about language is how powerful it is. And I want to share an example with you. And so here's an immediate thing for everybody to to listen for and become aware of. And I don't want you to judge yourself because that's another big thing is when we become aware, we become aware and judge. And I want you to become aware and curious. I love to, I teach a class on curiosity. I love it because it's impossible to be truly curious about something and judgmental about something at the same time. So the easy way to get out of judgment is to be curious. So one of the things I want everyone to think about and be aware of is how many times do you use the word but? Hmm. I don't know about you, Chris. Do you hear a lot of people using the word but in their language? Absolutely. I do. I have a saying that uh, I coined, uh, I'm changing the world one butt at a time. And it has nothing to do with physical training. <laughs> but, I don't know if you can use a little of that too, but that's all uh, Absolutely. So I hear so many people say, I want to create a, I'll just use, you know, thriving business or thriving life, mm-hmm. but I don't have mm-hmm. the time, I don't have the money, I don't have the blah, 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 fill in the blank. The problem is, every time you use that word but, you negate yes. whatever you just said. Yes, you do. You do. You you put it out there to, you know, to the world, to God, to your universe, and say, I want this, but, which means I really don't want that. Mm. So don't be listening, because what I just said, but, I'm focused on all this other stuff. Instead, the simplest thing that you can do in your language is change every time you use a but, unless you really want to negate what the previous sentence was, and then why say Mm -hmm. it anyway, Mm -hmm. is use and. Mm. And allows both things, we learned that when we were young, both things on the side of the equation to coexist. I love to use this example because it's the one I use for myself when, you know, that fitness thing. I want to lose weight but I love chocolate. No, I want to lose weight. And I love chocolate. Okay? Both things coexist. I do want to lose weight, and I do love chocolate. So now your brain, which is the most powerful thing, and your subconscious, which is so powerful, goes, oh, she wants to lose weight, and she loves chocolate. We need to allow to her to find a solution that lets both sides That's, coexist. Yes, coexist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and we are powerful beings in that when we have both sides coexisting, you will find a way to make it happen. But if you put that butt in there, then your subconscious goes, oh, she just likes chocolate. We'll just send her lots of chocolate. Forget that weight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's powerful. I, that's so yeah. True. I hear that all the time. 
And so, you know, even for myself, I start looking at, okay, here's two situations. Let's put an and in it. And your brain automatically starts coming up with ways to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. And and when you talk about the mind being so powerful, that is so true. And even, I don't know if if you're like me, I'm sure you've had this happen before, but I I'm the type of person that, you know, things are, my mind is constantly working. <laughs> Even at 4 a.m. when I'm not really awake. It's, Absolutely. You know, everybody's uh, mind is always working. And you absolutely. solve a lot of problems at night in your sleep. When, when your body is resting, that's when yes. your subconscious and your mind continue to work to solve issues and problems, which is why you know, when I go to bed with an issue or, you know, go to bed several days <laughs> with right, an issue, yeah. at some point, I'm going to either wake up in the middle of the night, that's usually my 3 a.m. hour, I Uh usually wake up in the middle of the night with a solution, or when I wake up, I have an answer, or I at least have a clearer perspective on what next steps could look like. So when you talk about the power of the mind to to help you get to a different place, I mean, if you're now changing, you know, you're consciously making the decision to change your, your speech patterns, you're trying to consciously make a, de- a decision to change how you think about things, and if that's on your mind all the time, that's what's happening. I mean, your mind will start to do those things, and, you, and you'll start to see those results. You're exactly right. Absolutely. And I I don't know the exact number, but I believe it's at least nine times. It might be even greater than that. Our subconscious is I, – I feel like it's bigger than nine times, but minimally nine times um, more powerful than our conscious mind. Mm, I can. I think that. it's. I think it's. I think it's really bigger than that. But I know I'm safe with at least nine times. But I, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> and I, I know I'm safe there. But I think it's actually much, much more powerful than that. Mm. Another thing, um, sometimes that you can do, Christy, is also. Uh, I don't know if you like me want to brain dump sometimes and just write out whatever uh, the issue is, mm-hmm. and you know, ask. I do a lot of questions. You know, ask for the, the ideal solution for the better good and just write it down and leave it um, on your clean desk or leave it next to your bedside or whatever. And your subconscious and whomever it draws in to help you will help solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And this is this is somewhat, there's a conference I do um, each year called the Faith to Conquer Fear Conference. And one mm. of the things, that one of the exercises I did for a couple of years was a vision board activity. Yes. And you're familiar with vision boards, and for those oh, yeah. people who aren't, it's, a, it's the exercise of basically putting those dreams, those big visions, those goals that you have visually on a board. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it could be things you cut out from a magazine or it could be something you draw, whatever, symbols, image, images, or visual examples of what, of you achieving that would look like. And you create this board that you hang somewhere that you see it regularly. It's not something mm-hmm. that you sit and study, but it's something you look at regularly. And over time, again, the power of that subconscious mind, your mind sees those things and it begins to work on your behalf in order to accomplish the things that it has, that it has consistently seen. Yes. Um, which is why it's so important. You know, people all wonder, when your kids grow up, you know, we, we all have, both of us have children, your kids are growing up and all of a sudden they'll start acting a certain way or, they, you know, they'll have some fear and you go, why in the world are they afraid of that? But you have to think about it and like, is that something you've said over mm. and over? Is this something they, that, you've, that they've seen through you? Are they afraid of spiders because you're afraid of spiders, but they really have no other reason other than they saw you jump, so they jump, you know, exactly. and they just assume, you know, they, they take on that fear. But that's, oh, my gosh, this is so powerful. It's all about the mind, and it's all about what you say, which is not just important to 
how you reflect on other people, but you hear it first. My pastor at my church, he talked about that. He's like, you are the first person to hear what you speak. Yes. And when it goes in your ears and it goes down into your heart and into your mind and then it comes back out, I mean, it's that circle. It's that circle. Um, so if you're continuing to say negative things and that's what your mind hears and then that's what gets into your heart and then you speak what comes out of the heart and it just goes, I mean, it just continues. So this, Absolutely. Is, this is very powerful. And and to add on to the vision board, one of the things I do with um, all of my clients and in this program I offer that is called a vision letter. And it's really interesting, and it makes it has people look one year out and write their life as if the year out and everything is, is as they want it to be. And it's very interesting how difficult that is for so many people to vision out exactly what they want. And then makes sense if people can't create a vision for what they want, how do they know where they're going? How do they know what to ask for? How do they know what next steps to take? And so mm-hmm. the vision board, being able to even sit down and go, gosh, this is really what I want for my life. Yeah. And Or yeah. write out a letter, which I always have them uh, write it to me because it's easier. Mm-hmm. It's often easier mm-hmm. to write to somebody else than to yourself. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah uh, I know. But all of that, and so I always also have them notice, again, with curiosity, just, huh, isn't that interesting, where the resistance is. You know, isn't it interesting for your vision board, gosh, I want to put that big vacation, but uh, I don't know that it's ever going to happen. So if I put it on there and I don't have it, I might be disappointed. And I think that's another way that we shape that fear. I think Mm -hmm. disappointment is just another level of fear. Yeah. You know, I'm afraid that I won't realize what I'm doing and I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to be disappointed. But but wouldn't you be disappointed if you never tried? And that's what that's that's the thing I think people don't get. It's but what what am I going to learn in the process? Yeah. I mean, you may not. Maybe it's not. You know. Maybe you didn't hit the million dollar mark by the end of the year, or you know, ever for some people. Maybe you don't hit that mark. But if you had never done anything, you wouldn't right. have even gotten to the hundred thousand mark or the two hundred thousand mark. And, and yeah, oh my goodness. The, yes, the, okay. And we could talk about beliefs all day. My clients call me the belief yes. barracuda. Uh, so, <laughs> I, love all so these I know. I mean, they, they, people. they nicknamed me for that. Uh, <laughs> and be, because I can really shift beliefs. But, and I'll just, so that we don't go too off, is mm-hmm. really the thing around beliefs is that we as human beings want to be right. So mm-hmm. if we have a belief that our life is going to turn out a certain way, we will bring into our existence, we will take actions, we will do things to make us right, even if it's not in our own best interests. Mm-hmm. Like if we have a, and this is just a real simple example, if we have a belief that people are mean, then we will notice every single mean person as we go around our life because we want to be right. And see, I told you, that belief. Mm-hmm. Validate, that validate that belief, that people belief. are mean. And so the biggest thing is just to shift and meet one nice person. And then you all go, wow, you know what? Some people are nice. You don't have to say all people, mm-hmm. but even just right. shifting from some people are nice, you can't hold on to two beliefs at the same time. So if, mm-hmm. you ha- if you have the belief that some people are nice, then all of a sudden you start meeting more and more nice people because you've let go of the belief that all people are mean. Yeah. And well, so we, uh, what, a, 
we need to shift because we are yeah. we are way off track here. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Let's shift back though. Well, actually, it fits it fits into the five powerful steps we're going to talk about. So don't worry about that. Let's talk about it. Let's go ahead and talk yeah. about it. So going right off of beliefs, um, there's really five powerful steps, and they're in the forms of questions that you can use to move yourself forward, be in that place of thriving on any situation that you find yourself in. And I truly mean that. This this works for any situation. And so if you have a certain situation, you might have a you know, certain belief. We always get ourselves stuck by talking about the problem. This is so bad. I'm so blah, blah, blah. The problem, problem, problem. So let's say you have a, a work situation. We're just going to say a work situation. Here's the question I want you to ask yourself. And it can be whatever situation. So if you're listening, find a situation right now that you would love to move forward in. Everybody got it? Good. I want you to ask yourself, what's working about whatever that, quote, problem or situation is? Or ask yourself, you know what, what's the best thing? So if it's work, what's, what's really working at work? Or what's the best thing that you like about work? Or if it's a relationship that you're feeling a little struggle in, what's the best thing? Or what is working about this relationship? And really think about it. Sometimes I say with clients, you know, what's what's the best thing that's going on for you t- today? And sometimes it's a struggle. So the best thing might be, I woke up. We can start from there. Mm-hmm. So for all of you, there is something that is the best thing or what's working. The second question to ask yourself, what about that makes it work? Or what about that makes it the best thing? So if it's working, maybe you have flexibility in your schedule. Well, you know what? What's the best thing about my work is I have flexibility. Or that I really enjoy working with this coworker. Or in a relationship, what's the best thing is that, you know, when we go to the movies, we see eye to eye. Or when we sit down and can have a conversation and talk, we really can listen to each other. Or whatever it is. So identify around that situation, and you can write these questions down. So, you know, what's working or what's the best thing? And what about that makes it work or makes it the best thing? Don't move on until you've answered yourself those two questions. Mm-hmm. And now, Chrissy, well, now we're getting to this vision part. Mm-hmm. So this is how it all ties in. Because the third question, around whatever this situation is that you're feeling some stickiness in or feeling some struggle, ask yourself, if I could create this relationship, this work situation, whatever it is, in the way that I wanted it to be so that it was ideal for me, And if ideal feels too big of a word so that it was the best it could be for me. But if you could create your ideal, I'm giving you all a magic wand right now. If you could create a vision of how you would want this resolution or this particular situation to be, what would that look like? And really spend some time. For all of these, don't just answer them in your head. You should have paper and pencil and you should be writing it down. Paper and pen. Write it down. Much more powerful, as we just talked about, vision letters, vision boards. Write it down. 
And that ideal, we just spent a lot of time talking about the subconscious mind, writing it down. Again, the reason why the subconscious mind is so powerful and why this ideal question is so powerful is that if you can imagine it, if you can create it in your mind, you can create it in reality. And I'll I'll tell you why. As powerful as our minds are, our minds can't tell the difference between positive and negative or truth and, and fallacy. And that sounds really bizarre. There's a logical part of our mind, of course, but the subconscious mind, this is why when you go to a scary movie or a sad movie, you respond with emotions. You get scared at scary movies and you cry even though you know you can put your hands down. You are sitting in a movie theater looking at things on the screen. No monsters coming after you. The people on the screen have nothing to do with you. You still experience it as if it is reality to you. Ever thought about that? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, thinking about it too. Like, you know, I'm one that cringes at scary movies too. And then you look back and you go, you're sitting in a theater. Right. Nothing's when happening the to you. Come up, the lights come up and everybody has their tissues or whatever, and you go, oh, yeah, okay, I get to leave. This, this is okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. But our mind is experiencing it for us, and we have emotions within our body mm-hmm. and our heart races and everything is as if it's real, just because we told it so. So if you write down your ideal, so I'll go through those three steps, what's working or what's the best thing, what makes it work and makes it the best, what would be ideal? And now here comes what everybody likes to do first, and it's see, it's fourth. What's not quite right yet about that situation? And again, by the time you've gone through this process, your brain has been shifted. Literally parts of your brain have been shifted to you're now in problem-solving mode. We never use the word wrong. It's not quite right yet. Creates possibilities. Now you can write down those things that aren't quite right yet whatever's happening in that situation. And by now you've diffused away some of the pieces that will keep you stuck. And you can write down truthfully what the gaps are, what's causing you to feel like this is a problem for you, what's not quite right yet. And then looking at that ideal and what's not quite right yet, the last question, the last step is what are the resources or support that I need to make it right, to get to that ideal. And you can identify for yourself, gosh, I need to have a conversation. You know, maybe I need to go back to school so I can get a different job. Maybe I need to just spend a little bit more time on self-care. Maybe I need to go talk to someone else. What resources or support do you need to make it right, to make it fit that ideal? And those are your five steps. Wow. And, you know, I, I, I know we're calling this, you know, creating a thriving mindset in five simple steps. I think it's five simple questions, right? You know, it is how five you, simple questions, yes. Yeah, and, five simple questions, which aren't simple. I, I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> and, I usually, and I usually do call it, it I, I call it the five-question framework. So it is. It's a framework of, of thinking and a framework of structure. So, yes, it is. It's five steps that you take as questions. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Sue, I knew the time would fly, and we could, <laughs> we could have a, a three-hour radio show on talking about beliefs and thriving and mind and all that good stuff. But we have to bring it to a close, and so I want to give you an opportunity. Thank you, first of all, because you've been a great guest in providing some fabulous content. But I want to give you an opportunity to um, tell people a little bit more about you and um, how they can contact you and anything else you want to share here. Absolutely. So you can contact me and um, at www.thrive4success.com. You can sign up for the free weekly call there that I have every uh, Tuesday afternoon. But I also wanted to give uh, your listeners a, a free gift from me. And it's, it's a really simple and powerful tool. As you can see, I love to share them. And that is at www.thrive4success.com. And then I guess that's at four slash whatever that slash is. Faith, F-I-S-A-I-T-H, faith. And that will be, allow you to become really conscious about how you're spending your time and energy and you will create what's called a personal thriving sphere. We're putting yourself in the center of your world. And that is my free gift. And also, if any of you want to do a move forward session with, with me, I have a discounted rate for all of you there. And that is at thrive, the number four, success.com, backslash move forward, M-O-V-E-F-O-R-W-A-R-D, move forward. And that can be anything that you want to to move forward in your life. That's awesome. Well, I encourage you all to please take advantage of this. And I want to thank you all for listening to the Faith and Conquer Fear Radio Show with me, Christy Demetrakis. I invite you to follow me and the show on Blog Talk Radio to get news and reminders for upcoming shows. I'd also like you to connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at cdemetrakis. And I have two Facebook pages, Faith to Conquer Fear and The Empowered Speaker. This will allow you to keep up with all the news and events to inspire you to keep it moving. I'm doing what I love. Talk to you soon.